You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 39. And in this episode, I sit down with the creator of Making Money Simple, Ryan King. Ryan has been creating content on personal finance. And in my opinion, most importantly, he is very good at simplifying investing. He's built up a large following of over 50,000 followers on Instagram, which I can assure you is no easy feat and has a presence on pretty much any platform that you can think of. I really enjoyed my discussion with Ryan. We get into an array of topics and I got a lot out of it. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Ryan King. Ryan from Making Money Simple, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Bri. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. No worries. Um, I've, so I've been following your account for, for a while. You, I would say, are probably one of the bigger Instagram accounts in this weird little niche that we find ourselves in, in creating content about personal finance online. Um, there's a lot of accounts popping up, left, right and centre, but you, uh, for the last couple of years that I've been in this space, have been really consistent and your fan base is growing. So I really want to sit down with you and just talk about all things money. Yeah, no, yeah happy to talk about all that yeah originally started off just as like a little blog then i started an instagram back in 2019 then mainly through lockdown to be fair a lot of people on their phones that was when it first blew up and then tried to stay consistent with it it is tough obviously mm. trying to have a social life work nine to five all that sort of stuff but um just about managing to keep it going most days so what's um what was the spark for you to start creating content online about it are you in the finance space or were you in the finance space so I feel like this is a pretty classic response, but I read a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, which pretty much everyone has read in uh, 20, I think it was 2018. And that was also the year that I started investing. And then, yeah, I was just sort of always into like, I'd done economics and business at school, was doing an economics degree at the time, was quite into like money, the stock market. And then, yeah, read Rich Dad Poor Dad, ended up reading sort of quite a lot of books within the space of six months about personal finance and investing and then sort of got this idea about like other income sources other streams of income side hustles and then the idea if you could almost like turn something that you enjoy doing into your full-time job one day so then i started making money simple didn't know what it was like yeah years ago now didn't know what to sort of make of it and then yeah started off as an instagram the first year or two the first probably yeah year and a bit was very on and off but then it was really sort of during lockdown in 2020 where i committed to it again started a tiktok account started a youtube channel and then it sort of just yeah continues to grow and post content from there but yeah originally rich dad poor dad and then just as i've sort of continued to read books and follow people like yourself and other people on the different social medias then sort of just brings new ideas and inspires you to keep making content yeah that's that's interesting i find lockdown was like a time where people ex like exploded because i started i think in the first lockdown very similar story i i mean i was in debt myself and then i kind of had was forced to kind of learn this stuff rather than just like picking up rich dad porter which obviously i read you know everyone in the space hopefully he's read and a lot of people around the world have read it. and i think it's kind of shaped the way people think about buying houses and stuff that's probably changed the entire generation of, of how they think about it but i had a real reason to do it and then having the time during the lockdown to really focus on it and then think actually this stuff seems so confusing so complicated like you don't have to read 40 or 50 books like which i did during probably lockdown one just to kind of because i got really obsessed about it i was like right i'm going to learn as much as i can you don't have to do that which is kind of what made me want to go and create content about it because actually there's a, there's a couple of simple messages like you don't have to know everything about investing in particular to start investing like just open up an account it literally takes you five minutes and then you can start investing with one pound if you really wanted to like you can you can get that ball rolling without having to read all these books yeah pretty much everything you actually need to know not just about investing but probably your whole personal finances could literally be written on like an a5 sheet of paper to honest mm. with you just basic stuff like live within your means start investing 10% your income early, avoid bad debt, have an emergency fund. You know, if you just get the basics right and do it for decades, unless there's like a nuclear attack or a zombie apocalypse, you're pretty much guaranteed to become very wealthy and financially free. The problem is a lot of people have, yeah, bad money habits or aren't taught good things at school or at home or from friends. And then that leads into you know, getting into debt, 
you know, buying expensive designer clothes that you don't really need just to impress other people and all this other stuff. But mm-hmm. I reckon, yeah, although you can make endless amount of content on any niche, particularly you know finance because it's always evolving mm. um as we're sort of talking about before we started this in the uk there's always like interest rates inflation mortgages there's something new a new news story almost every day you could do a brand new post on um but the actual basics you could write down within a few lines and you follow those for you know years and decades for the long term you're gonna yeah be successful with your personal finances and invest them yeah 100 percent. like the news is just all about money at the moment and scaremongering and like even I, I would say I'm. I feel okay with money, but I still feel like literally every time I go to Tesco, every time I put petrol in the car, every time I'm like I see a price go up, like I can feel it. I'm like, oh my god, how hard must this be for somebody who was struggling before this cost of living crisis? Like, what what kind of mind space must they be in right now? And that that certainly motivates me to continue making content, just to say like, you know what, it doesn't have to be complicated. And I'm really dedicated to being making it as simple as possible. Like obviously the clues in your name, but <laughs> to actually just like stay true to those basics and rather than like going with the flow. And I think there's a lot of content creators and that's not, that's not me dissing them. That's like some people are really interested in current affairs and want to um, sort of comment on it and evolve what they do. But for me, I'm very much like everything you just listed, getting out of debt, you know, learning how to invest, having an emergency fund, all these things. Like for me, I'm just going to just drill that, like, you know, I'm going to bang that drum constantly because that's the thing that I think, and actually I know is going to get the majority of people in a space where they don't have to spend their lives worrying about money. Yeah, no, you're bang on completely right. Get the basics right. And you're literally 99% of the way there. And then all the little, you know, little things you need to tweak things and optimize things, get a bit more interest in the savings account here, mm-hmm. maybe have a few less funds in your investment portfolio. So it's easier to manage all that sort of stuff is just like almost like bonus points. You yeah. get the basics, the foundations, right. And you'll be set up for long time. You've got to be interested in having, you've got to have this kind of like, propensity to to want to know about money to do that like i've got some mates that are like love it like i can talk to them for hours about investing and maybe they should do talk about bitcoin but then other people just like i just want to just not be like terrified <laughs> about yeah. looking at my bank all the time like i think for probably 99 percent of people like it's weird for us because we talk to a lot of people that think about this stuff quite a lot but i think for the majority of people they, just, they literally just want to like go to work earn enough money to live have a decent retirement in the future, but also just like be able to go home and just like watch Netflix and not have to just like Google yeah. investing or yeah. see what Warren Buffett's up to. And you know, like this. <laughs> he's not doing too bad. I saw he's got a $130 billion in cash now. I hear so, he's uh, doing all right. Yeah. yeah. He's, not doing, he's not doing too bad. Although inflation's eating into that. So I don't know what he's playing yeah. at. Yeah. Well, I'd rather my inflation be cutting into that sum of money than my bank account balance rate. <laughs> yeah. With my 130 <laughs> pence. <laughs> so, before you kind of got into this stuff then how would you describe like what was your relationship with money like growing up leading up to to working and then learning about sort of personal finance yeah i was was pretty like half decent with money uh like i'd always sort of had jobs from when i was young like newspaper round then football ref so i always sort of earn even even though it wasn't very much i mean looking back i thought i was making loads of money getting like 20 pound a week than a newspaper round <laughs> it's like slave labor <laughs> to <honest laughs> with you. or like a football referee was quite good actually getting like 25 30 quid a game when i was like 14 or 15 nice. um so, but i got yeah i was quite good at saving money just from a young age but i would essentially normally save up for something and then buy it like i remember when i got my first proper part-time job when i was 16 working in a supermarket i saved up about maybe like £1,400 and then bought like a MacBook Air, uh, a MacBook Pro, sorry, which I actually replaced last year. Had it for nine years wow. in the end. Got so your value out of return, that. Return on investment on that mm. was pretty good. But no, yeah, it sounds pretty good. Like I obviously would waste money on stupid stuff, but then I also did learn to sort of save up for stuff to then buy something. So maybe it's just, I don't really know why, but maybe I'm just lucky that I was always quite sort of frugal and good of saving money mm. and then have managed and transitioned that to sort of invest in as I got a bit older and learned about that side of things. Well, like that for me, I don't, I don't think that's innate for most people. What, why do you think, why do you think you just kind of like, because at that age you want to generally, most people just want to impress everybody. And if you're not on a high salary, the only way to do that is to whack on a credit card or, you know, just spend everything that comes in rather than like, you know, putting money aside to save up for, you know, a MacBook. That's something that, later in life you realize i don't want to be in debt to do that at quite a young age like did you get taught anything by your parents or anything yeah i feel like my parents probably are quite good with money like they were just focused on sort of paying off their mortgage as soon as possible my mum 
would like treat herself but not really spend like huge amounts of money on stuff so it must mm. just been like ingrained in me from a young age to be fair um Definitely. and then yeah i don't know why though because my brother's probably a bit more of a spendthrift than me i'm probably a bit more frugal but i've never really been there probably were times we felt i'd buy things that i didn't need maybe designer stuff but i've never really been been that into buying like really expensive designer stuff most stuff mm. i wear I'd tell you some like might have some like Ralph Lauren shirts or some like nice like trainers, or whatever. But like I wouldn't spend like hundreds and hundreds of pounds on like a t-shirt, like a Gucci t-shirt. And I've never really been interested in that. So I think whenever I've saved for something, it's always been like for a bit of a purpose, like the MacBook, or maybe for like a holiday when I went away when I was 18. And then I guess any money, I'd rather sort of just keep it there and then use it for something that I want in the future mm-hmm. rather than just buying, yeah, something I don't need, as you alluded to. Um, but looking back, there probably were times where I bought, spent stuff on crap. But overall, I've probably been half decent. I'd just say better than most people. And I don't know why. It's probably just lucky, like genetics and DNA and maybe how I was brought up. I don't even realize it, but it's just been ingrained into me. That's definitely the best way. Like, I think you should at times go and splurge and buy something that actually probably doesn't make a lot of sense. Just because, like, you know, you can't spend your yeah. whole life just, like, putting money to the side because, you know, you know yeah. you've got to have some sort of fun. You definitely treat yourself. Yeah, yeah, you have balance. I find that um, I find the whole thing fascinating about like growing up, and because like money for me growing up, I never heard my parents, in particular my mum, I never heard her talk about money really. Like it was always not like not that we didn't have a lot of money, but it was very much like we wouldn't have the most expensive things. I was very conscious that we didn't have a load of money, and I think for me that completely shaped the way I then dealt with money. Then when I started earning it. I was just like, well, I didn't have money when I was younger. So like, I'm just going to spend everything to the penny. Like there was no, like you, you saying that your, your, your parents paid off their mortgage as quickly as possible. Like that in itself is a hundred percent the reason why you are the way you are from, from an outside perspective. Because you think the conversations you would have probably overheard and the fact that you even know that they did that, like they must've been more open maybe about their money and the way they're, the views about money than most. Whereas most parents, like of people that I know, people who have kids and like might seen growing up seeing my my mate's parents it was a taboo subject so like you don't you don't know what's going on with your parents like they don't say openly right yeah our mortgage is this and we're really going to focus on paying it down like the fact that that was even kind of in conversation as a kid i think would have completely shaped the way you did things yeah to be fair that was probably more as a teenager or maybe like late teen that wasn't more when i was younger yeah but i know that it was not my dad's goal to pay off by the time he was 50 and he pretty much done it like nice. when he just as he turned 50 or something but i knew as, as i sort of i feel like though I, I i sort of heard i didn't know specifics but i knew that was like probably like maybe like a teenager 16 that that was what they were like trying to do but as i have got better with money myself and started reading books and and having this like making money simple stuff now i will ask them a lot more specific questions because yeah. <laughs> they know because yeah. they know i actually how much know do you stuff. have an investment <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and now because i know stuff and i might be able to actually help them then yeah, they yeah. don't mind sharing stuff with me so it's sort of like work both ways maybe over time that's pretty cool so do do, do they are they happy and open to take advice or information from you yeah i mean they recently both just or not recently but they both opened up like that chase debit card which has um like the top in uh my, yeah top like what savings account at the moment one percent cash back i never got one because i was leaving the uk to come to australia so there's no point but they both done that i mean my dad and my brother probably about two years ago now maybe i got them to open up a vanguard stocks and shares isa so that they both done that nice. um yeah, I mean, they see my stuff on social media, so I get a bit of abuse sometimes, but I also can help them. When, uh, <laughs> abuse from your when parents. They, when, they, when they want help. <laughs> or just like, I'm, yeah, it's like not abuse, it's like mugging me off if I've said something. <laughs> Absolutely. I find though, but, like from my experience anyway, the people that I know, especially before I started creating content, the majority of people won't, don't want to take my advice now yeah. that I create content about it. Because I think it's like, it, my mum never in a million years would would take if i sat down and said to her right do this do that she'd be like i'm your mum like i i taught you <laughs> i taught you everything you know you yeah. you know nothing you know nothing um yeah. i find that she like people you don't know absolutely like especially once you get a little bit of a following on social media all of a sudden you're this expert and then people are happy to listen to yeah, what you have mad. to say but i find that really interesting that your parents actually listen to what you say not all the time but the odd thing they'll implement yeah 
Or they have a question because my mum will also watch all the Martin Lewis programs, and then she doesn't always understand them. So then she'll ask me, like, oh, he said this. What does that mean? I was like, yeah. here we go. We're going to make a money simple mode and break down. Family financial on. advisor. <laughs> yeah. Free of charge as well. It's not charging an ongoing rate for this. So I can see from like from your social media, and um that's definitely somewhere where we're very similar, how transparent you are about kind of money you've got investments, um, how you are with money. Do you feel like yeah. in the beginning that was something that was important for you to do? Yeah, I think in the beginning it was particularly helpful. I feel like to be honest with you, I'm not sure if this is true, but I feel like it may be hindering me now, although I continue to do it. But at mm. the start, when I had like hardly any money invested, was hardly investing any money per month when I was still at university, I think like it was very good because most people are in that position where mm. they like just learn and invested. And I was almost Related. So when I started my Instagram in yeah, 2019, the start of 2019, I'd only been investing then for six months. So it was still all relatively new. I'd only recent, I, re, I originally opened up a stocks and shares ISA with my bank. I then realized that was bad. So I switched it to Vanguard. You know, then the whole like crypto thing came in in 2020. And I started learning about that and sharing content on that. And it was probably all sort of new. I was learning it for myself, sharing my numbers, share. Well, even at the beginning, to be fair, I probably didn't share as as a transparent. It's got more transparent as it's got on. Um, but I still do it now. Share like my portfolio values, all my investments, and now it's like a lot larger number. So mm. I feel like maybe it is hindering me because it's not as relatable. But I still think it's good to be transparent because I know whenever I watch people's stuff and are transparent on whatever sort of topic it is, you know, like if it's like a fitness coach, I lost X now, I'm this, or mm. I, you know, finance had this now, I've got that. I just feel like it's, I don't know, personally, I like that. And people have told me, people have actually said to me in the past, I shouldn't share stuff, like my, how much I'm investing in, because it's going to like not work out well for me. But I've continued really? to do it. Yeah, so that's advice I've got as well from people. Um, but I have continued to do it, and I think I will continue to do it, just because I feel like, if you're being transparent, mm. I don't know, I feel like people will actually trust you more, even if they maybe sort of think like, oh, well, you have, you know, 50,000 plus in investments. Why are you like selling the book for 15,000? <laughs> yeah. I think haters, so it works both ways. haters though, mate. I think, I think it's one of those things that I, I personally agree with you and I, I do the same thing. I do um, not as consistently as I used to, but like I do a portfolio update all the way from when literally I began investing when I had like, I transferred a bit of money from old pensions where things like 4,000. So I started with 4,000 pounds. And from there, I've, I've every single month, and even like months when it's down, I'll say, look, this is why I think it's down. Or I've had a bit of a rubbish month. This is what's happened. I yeah. think, I actually think, even if it goes to a big number, even if it gets to 500,000 pounds, I still think you should do it because I think people can go back and see that journey. And you can say, look, I can I originally do that much. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I can do it. You can literally go back and look at my YouTube videos from three years ago, for, well, hopefully at that time, you know, maybe six, seven years ago, when you've got a, six figures in the, in, the, in the investments, you can say, go back and look. I literally, sh you can, I've documented my entire journey. If I can do yeah. it, then this is realistic for you too. I think, I think some people just, you get to a certain like number of followers or net worth or whatever it is, and people just all of a sudden see you as different. Like, yeah, I find that I don't know what you find, but like on TikTok anyway, I find like when I had, I don't know, 10,000 followers on TikTok, people would be like, again, that relatable, oh, he's only, he's not got that many followers, but he's obviously sharing his information because he's doing it himself. Then I get to 50,000 followers on TikTok and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh mate, you're just selling a course. Like <laughs> yeah. I'll get that. Like almost any video I talk about investing, like I'm not selling anything. It's not an ad. I'm literally just saying exactly this, almost this word for word, what I said yeah. two, two years ago. And all of a sudden you, you're almost less trustworthy because you have more followers. I find that yeah. bizarre. No, I, I find that as well. I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I will continue to be as transparent as possible. With my investments I also like share my making money, simple income. I've done videos not on YouTube. Like I'll try and share as much as I can just because I find that stuff useful. Like, I remember I used to always, always watch Graham Stephan's videos, even when he first started about how much he was like buying this property for and how much will different cost costs and how much income he's made each year. I always found that really helpful mm. and transparent, even if it is unrelatable when he's literally, I remember he's watching his videos. He was investing like, thousands of dollars a day his dollar cost average strategy which is so unrelatable because <laughs> i was like le investing less than that in a month yeah, but yeah. then I, I just still find it helpful and like yeah useful so i will continue to do it but it is interesting how as you get bigger 
people sort of think you become like a know-it-all and then don't maybe trust you as much but yeah i feel like I'll you just you, beca- you almost seem like you're scamming people that that's and i almost like i sometimes look at my videos people comment stuff like that and you think like have, is what i've said am i trying to am i trying to get money from it like I, i've literally i don't even sell any product like i've sell like i sell a budget spreadsheet that i made a couple of years ago but like, <laughs> I, I, like i don't even if I did sell a course, like, is that a bad thing? Like, it, why why is it a bad thing yeah. to try and because people once you get to that certain level, you are just in you're a capitalist, aren't you? You just this you are somebody who is trying to suck money from poor people, and you are going to be trying to become rich. <laughs> that honestly, like that's how that's how you're viewed. Rather than actually when they look at what you're trying to say is I'm tr- I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to give you the information that I know helped me, and trust me, it can help you too. Yeah, and I think actually, to honestly, that's probably the best response you can have to them because I feel like it's quite easy because you, especially on TikTok's the worst for this. Yeah. It's probably not as bad as it was now, but like I remember in 2020, 2021, you would just post anything and all the comments just be troll comments. Yeah. <laughs> It'd always be pointless looking at the comment box. But um, I think if you just say to people, I'm just trying to help people, I'm just sharing what I'm doing. Mm. I mean, like, it's, I mean, if they still hate on that, then I'm just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, TikTok is what <laughs> I think it's just because it's too easy to be anonymous and it's like there's no friction between creating a TikTok account, getting a random video in front of you and like two seconds you can write something and then they're 10 videos deep before you even realize they've commented. So it's, yeah. it's, it's even though it's great and I think it's helped loads of businesses, it certainly helped like me grow a following, but like it can, it can be the devil TikTok. It is it's like being a young kid as a teen, like being a teenager must be, it must be really difficult. On yeah, TikTok. Oh, I think, yeah, I think it's terrible. Like, yeah. I don't know, but I think it'd be bad or like hard being a, yeah being TikTok if you were like in like secondary school now because I mean I don't know it's either like it must either go one way or the other where if you have TikTok you're considered weird or if you don't have TikTok you're like trying to be cool yeah I, I don't know I don't know how the dynamics work even when like Facebook first came out when I was in secondary school it was bad enough of people like trying to compete on like likes and stuff I don't know TikTok where you can go viral and get like literally a million views overnight and then become like a media superstar. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. Like it is, it is a great tool. Like it really is. I think it's a, yeah, it is a good tool. And it is good how, it's a bit weird because you, yeah, as you say, you, I mean, I've done this before where you almost make, I'll like make Vanguard portfolio updates month to month. Most of them will get a, like a few thousand, even though, even when I've got now tens of thousands of followers, even now most of them will get hardly any views and then one will just blow up and get half a million views out of nowhere. And it's the exact same thing I've been doing every month for like three years. <laughs> I, I never will work out the algorithm. No, um, I don't but yeah, think I think overall it is a good, it is a good app and it is easy even now, even now I know how easy it is to get sucked into it. I still will get sucked into it mm-hmm. and just scroll some days for ages. Um, but I think if you can like, yeah, go on it, get a good like hit of dopamine or whatever. If you're a content creator like us, post something helpful, go back off it. That's the way to do it. Yeah. That's I think um I can't remember who I used to consume quite a lot of content from the Humble Penny when I was oh, yeah. like getting out of debt. Um and something that he said actually still sticks with me to this day about creating content. And it was before because he's quite big now, but I mean they're quite big. But he in particular when he was talking about it he was saying like, you need to switch from being a content consumer to a content creator. And there is a different mindset. Like, and, and I, I never really understood it until I really got deep into trying to be consistent with creating content. Like there's two types of people, isn't there? Somebody who is just like, you know, a bit stressed from work, they sit down and they will just scroll through TikTok. Like my, my missus is like that, even though she is a content creator as well, but she's very much like her way of de-stressing is just consume, 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 content. watch telly, yeah. content, content, content. And that kind of just yeah. like zones you out. Whereas, from a content creator's perspective, you kind of got to look at, you, you can you still have to consume stuff, but like you go, oh, ah, that's a good idea. I'm going to take that and then expand on yeah. it. And you're always thinking, right, I'm going to create this. I'm going to write this. I'm going to film this. So it's a re- like, it completely changes the way you think about things. Yeah. It's like you hear one of those trending sounds and originally you would laugh at it. Then you'd think, oh wait, I can use that in an investing <laughs> yeah. Let me switch that up. God, I never thought a few years ago I would be saying stuff like this and being this literally like what influencers would be saying. It's, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it still doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Mad, so mad I saw I saw your um your Instagram account got um weirdly actually before when I was gonna reach out to you to come on the podcast, I went trying to find your your Instagram account, saw it had gone. I was like, oh, that's, mm. bit, that's really weird. What's is Ryan just not creating content anymore? What's how strange? And then I saw you pop back up um, a couple of weeks later, and then saying that you you're, you know you got your account back. What what happened there? 
Oh, it's just, I mean, as I'm sure you're aware, I assume you must have had some by now, but all those fake accounts, essentially those are fake accounts. They impersonate you. Yeah. I mean, I also get followed by loads of people who I know who have fake accounts and are following me. Um, but essentially they well, yeah, create an account, they copy all your posts, buy followers, and then just try and scam people. Mm-hmm. It's, honest, it's been happening for years. And when it first started happening, I would actually post a physical feed post being like, please go and ban this person. Because that's what other people who um, it was happening to at the time were doing as well. So I was like, post it. And then it was the point where it was just, there was always about 10 up at any one point. So like, I can't keep spamming my feed. So I start putting on my story. Mm-hmm. Then it got to the point in the last sort of year or so, where I'm just so desensitized to it now, where it's just, even now, I don't know, because I blocked them all. But if you type in making money simple, there's probably like five, 10 different accounts up, all just trying to scam people. And yeah, it eventually led to essentially my account getting banned. Um, I then appealed. And then they reject my appeal and essentially permanently banned me. Wow. So I thought that that's scary. Just game over. Because um, I've got like a bit of a love hate relationship with Instagram. I feel like my engagement over the last 18 months, well, since probably the end of 2021, my engagement's been pretty poor overall. Just uh, my the posts don't get as much reach and stuff anymore. Mm. I feel like Twitter and TikTok are better social medias for creators. Um, but Instagram's still my main platform. I still spend a lot of time on there. I have people in my DMs who I almost speak to like weekly, either friends or who ask me questions. So like a lot of like probably thousands of hours invested into that account and it was just gone. And I didn't even speak to a human. And I was like, oh, heartbroken. Luckily, I got a couple of, well, I still don't actually know how I got it back. To be honest with you, no idea. I think it was for a friend I know for Instagram who knows someone who works at Meta. But then I reached out to a few sort of different people who all knew people at Meta and then it just came back. So I don't really know how or who. Uh, I think I've got two people who I think it was. Um, what, well, I think it was one, but he does, doesn't, I guess doesn't want to say. Because um, then he <laughs> knows someone who works at the Meta. Back end Meta yeah, yeah. Absolutely like, yeah. But yeah, I got it back now, so it's all good. But it was pretty devastating for that week where it was so down. So what do you think happened then? You think... You think because there was a load of fake accounts that you were just chucked into that mix and you you were just you were just taken off because people reported you yeah. or these fake accounts reported you maybe? I think they just accidentally banned me. And then when I appealed, they must have just seen how many accounts of like making money simple there was, even though they all were spelt differently. Yeah. And then they just no. thought it would be safer to ban me rather than potentially God. um because I mean, even now, like literally yesterday before going to bed, I probably replied to about 10 messages or message requests saying there's a fake account of you. I actually posted on my story as well. One of the fake accounts post had, it was like making money simple. And in their photo was just like a random woman. In a car. <laughs> I did see that actually. That's quite funny. I was just like, it did look like, a bit like you to be fair. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they're taking a new approach here. Just got like, not even copying my post. They're just saying I'm like a random woman. They're not um, even trying to steal your identity anymore. They're yeah. just taking your name and being someone completely different. That's amazing. Uh, but then they started getting sneaky though. Like they, Maybe like a year ago, they started saying like, I'm, it's my second account. Even mm. someone messaged me yesterday was like, oh yeah, I follow your alt account now, your alternative oh. account. And I was like, what do you mean? Because I know I've been following this account for a couple of weeks, your backup account. I was like, mate, I don't have a backup account. I never have. But and then they started doing that a while ago. Then they started doing another crafty thing where they would say, um, oh, I'm working on behalf of me. So they wouldn't even necessarily call themselves me. They'd make themselves look like an investing page. And they'd say in their bio, like, executive to like making money simple then try and scam people saying we're like working together on one hand it's quite flattering isn't it because you're like oh god these people they're, they're riding off my name but then yeah. the other way, you just think how sad is it there's another human because it's not even like it's a bot like or tiktok there's a load of bots and scripts that do it instagram yeah. is very much there's a real person sat at a laptop yeah. doing this the things are so many of them and it's gone on for yeah. so many years now. They must be making money. I've never actually luckily heard of someone who yeah. has been scammed through this. Because I feel like they always sort of speak in broken English. They oh, normally try terrible. and get their bank details or try and get Bitcoin off of them yeah. like quite early on. I always get sent messages that people have of them and you can probably tell, but then it's more maybe older generations who probably aren't as likely on Instagram, but where that Martin Lewis scam a few years ago where people were impersonating him mm-hmm. and scammed a load of money through adverts on Facebook from like more older generations. It yeah. can happen. Luckily, I haven't heard anyone's happened from me as a direct result, but yeah, yeah. yeah Instagram just needs to like do a lot better. I mean, it's Facebook, Instagram, Meta, everyone to call it. Just, mm-hmm. just too many. It has happened to me on like TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, um, but Instagram is 
just been the worst and it's been for yeah. so long now, which I've almost just given up. And like, I mean, hopefully, I always sort of hope I wouldn't get banned. And now it's happened. It's I'm crazy. Like, Better not happen again. <laughs> that must be terrifying. Because if your if your sole income relied on like my um, my wife, she's a she's a wedding planner and she creates a lot of content on her Instagram account. If her Instagram account was to get banned like you did and d- wouldn't get it back, that would completely destroy her business. Her business would literally be destroyed. Yeah, to be honest with you, it's how I make most of my money. Well, it's probably how yeah, it's how I make most of my money from making money simple. In the last mm. two years, most of the money has come from brand deals or yeah. like sponsorships, and most of those were on Instagram. Yeah. So. It probably was, yeah. It would just like most you. Of, not, yeah. not that I'm making that much money from this or doing this as a full-time job, but the money that I do make, most of it is from Instagram. So it would pretty much destroy mm. my main income stream. But like there. you said, it's not even, it isn't, is, even though the money, like losing the money aspect would be rubbish, it is actually the time and effort put into it. Like to get up to the number of followers that you got, which is like what, 50,000, over 50,000 followers now, to get yeah, to that yeah. level on Instagram, that's not an easy feat. Like that takes a lot of time and effort and for that to just be kind of ripped away from you. And even when you appeal, they're like, no, nah, sorry, mate, you, you're, you know, you're permanently gone. You think it's just, just yeah. and because it's such a huge business, like they, they can't do anything about it. And it's exactly the same with TikTok. Like I get way more on TikTok. I've probably got, the last time I looked, there was 20 fake accounts of me, very similar, just fake, slightly different name. But they then, they then follow me, which I think is a bit weird. Like you yeah, make it really yeah. obvious that you're doing that. But um, I have had, I think, one or two on Instagram where I then go onto their account when I realize it's there. And I've got maybe 20 if my, my mates, like in real life mates, as well as followers on Instagram following them. Oh, Do you think, no. so, so you would think. So they get in, you think they'd realize. But yeah, they yeah don't. you would think it's really obvious because like they've just, like you said, there's just like a copy and paste of it. And like images always look weird and weird orders yeah. and the text is a bit off and stuff. Like how are you not realizing that that and the fact that you've then followed it? Like I don't know. Yeah. I just think, although it seems unrealistic that people are going to get scammed, and again, I don't know anybody who's been scammed. Luckily, um, but if anyone trying to pretend to be yeah. me, but I've had a few messages where people have gone quite far down the line before realizing that actually it it, it wasn't me. Yeah, no. I think the I, only I have a similar way. Thing. I think the only way is, I mean, I think they bring in the blue tick system like they have done for Twitter, for Instagram. Yeah. I think that I might be I got a notification about that blue tick system actually yesterday or the other day. So I think they are bringing it in or have brought it in. Yeah, but I, I think it's confirmed. That yeah. way you like identify yourself with a government ID. So hopefully it will then yeah. say, yeah, like making money simple, one with a blue tick and the rest of them yeah. are just scammers. So yeah. I, yeah. yeah. But although, although it loses funny... that kind of like, oh yeah, I've made it, I've got a blue tick, that kind yeah, of goes no, away, which is a bit rubbish, yeah. I suppose. But at least, at least you know, like, because no one else is going to get scammed. Because I've also applied for verification loads of times over the years for like news articles I've been in, different yeah. platforms I've got followers on, and just get rejected. So, mm. but I mean, now I guess it is redundant. But yeah, it's a shame I yeah. didn't get that in time. But I've got some funny, I mean, funny stories about this whole like scam stuff. So I remember one girl at work came in maybe like a year ago, and there's like a few of us sat there, and she just goes like, Ryan, why were you messaging my mum? <laughs> And I was like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? It was like, you were messaging my mum. And I was like, no, I wasn't. And I was like, wait. I saw, by this point, I, saw, I was like, show me the account. It's a fake account. Then obviously I saw. And I mean, another one as well. I think like, she just thought you were creeping on Yeah. And there's another one as well where like, it was, I was messaging like one of my really good mates or something. And, and like, they just thought, I was just like messing around and being like satirical and having a laugh. Like, can I trade for you? Do you have Bitcoin? And they were going along with it. And then they thought it was getting like a bit weird. And they told me weeks later and I was like, mate, that's obviously not me. <laughs> Why would I? Like, Why have you gone like, along so far with this? <laughs> it's like sim- similar to you. Like when you sort of been creating content for years and you have so many followers, you don't know who's following you. And you don't, unless you get a direct message from that, like I won't very rarely just direct message someone. And this is maybe like to do a podcast with you or something. Yeah. I'm normally getting messages in. So I'm not going to reach out randomly and ask like, can you send me Bitcoin or something <laughs> <Yeah>. like that? <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. But like, I do wonder, like I watch quite a lot of scam videos on YouTube just purely out of curiosity. I quite like the um, Kit Boga is, is a good one. And then there's another one, Scam, oh, what's his name? There's two really funny ones, and they just they just call people, put on fake names, call scam centers, a bit, <laughs> and bit like keep them on the phone for four or five hours, and then like reverse <laughs> reverse hack their computers and just delete all their files and stuff like. It's I find it really interesting. That is, yeah, honestly, you should, go, you should have a look. Right it's a it's a rabbit hole, and you'll get sucked in for hours and hours because <laughs> it's, it's it's really entertaining, but also like yeah, screw you scammers because like especially yeah. when you've like surrounded by seeing how many scammers are out there on social media, it's horrible. And like I mean, I even it's had one. Bad. 
on my personal account, add me on my personal account and then direct message me. And I went, I went along with it for as long as I could. Like, they didn't even realize the person in the photo is clearly the same person as they're impersonating. But I went along for, for a few days and you're right. Yeah. It's, it's all, I mean, that particular one was all about Bitcoin trying, they set up a fake web, yeah. it's a fake website. You then put in your details and it's like, oh, transfer Bitcoin. You can put anything you want in there, but as long as you put your actual bank details, they've they- got it. So yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. I have had some followers that have gone through it. And yeah, you normally get pulled out to some sort of trading or Bitcoin. Like FX like trading. It's normally FX. Some sort of scammy then, website. Yeah. And then I guess the second, it's like, I know you used to have them with YouTube back in the day where like, I think it's called key login. Mm-hmm. When like, if someone puts something up like a software on your computer and you logged in, it could know what keys you type. So you could then yeah. hack your YouTube channel. Get all your I think passwords. it's similar where yeah. the second you put in your, details yeah you just they know all your stuff and they can like take your money out of your account it's a joke <laughs> yeah i think the blue tick i think is definitely is definitely the way forward it's good yeah, yeah. about time <laughs> yeah and they just need to be able to punish them i think there was another um michael saylor do you follow anything he does michael saylor yeah Bitcoin. yeah and he was very pro- bitcoin was- maxi yeah just a little bit yeah um <laughs> and he and he was saying that actually the way to solve that or one of the ways to solve that would be to have like a crypto system whereby you just have 10 you know 10 pounds in a wallet and that lasts your entire lifetime um and if you every time you go onto a website it it charges you like 0.01 of a penny and it could potentially last you a long long time and all that is is just you saying i'm real i'm prepared to put up a deposit and then once you leave it you get your money back as long as you haven't spammed it abused anything done anything Mm -hmm. wrong you get that money back so if you think if that everyone has to do that, these sort of scam accounts that are going out and these bots that are going to like millions and millions of accounts a day, spam, spam, spam. If every time they do that, it's a financial loss, they could potentially, it's not going to be, it's not going to be worthwhile for them because yeah. they're going to lose potentially no. tens of thousands of pounds just by yeah. going on and sending out a message to 50, 60, 70,000 accounts. I've not heard of that, but yeah, that sounds like an interesting idea. One way to stop it at least. Yeah. But again, Instagram, TikTok, they just, they're not doing enough about yeah, it yeah and you opinion. can't really control it because everyone's just a number there's like billions maybe tens of billions of accounts of people have multiple accounts and all this yeah. stuff and yeah it's just impossible to track so yeah. hopefully hopefully i don't get banned again hopefully you never no. have to go for it try and get that blue tick before you have to pay for it <laughs> <laughs> um so before before we wrap up i thought it would be really good for from your perspective from like a complete beginner's perspective for investing. Cause I know I've got a few people that sort of listen to the podcast and follow me on social media that kind of implements a lot of the things that I talk about, but potentially are like struggle to pull the trigger when it comes to investing. What would you say like to your mates or to people that you meet that know, like kind of learn what you do, what would you say to somebody who's like, oh, I'm, I'm really scared of investing, you know, or it's gambling or well, they're kind of a bit uneducated on on, how, on what it is. How would you, convince is probably the wrong word, but how would you help somebody get into it? Yeah, oh, there's so many different like paths you can go down here. I mean, so the actual three step, I sort of talk about a three step process to begin investing. I first will say that investing is actually, starting to invest is actually very easy i feel like when people think of investing they're thinking like wolf of wall street like on the phones all day being some sort of like big boy stockbroker whereas in re- in realistic in like reality it's just like most people will save every month like a house deposit a holiday all you're essentially doing is just putting money away every month but rather than using it in like a few years for a holiday or t- five years for a house it's essentially gonna mean one day you can stop working and the way that i would sell it to people is like how do you ever expect to sort of live life on your own terms without having investments the richest people in the world everyone that's sort of like successful in terms of doing what they want they're living off of money whether it's from like their own businesses from dividends from the stock market from rental like income from properties i know we're just talking about the stock market here but like you need to be living off some money and i would just say that investing is and it also depends how you, how you define risky because like if you have a cash in your bank account that's losing now at the moment 10 percent every single year that's pretty risky in eight years seven eight years the ten thousand pound is worth five thousand pound that seems pretty risky relying on you know one source of income once again a bit different but one source of income relying on that if you got ill if the company went under if something happened you lose your job you then lose your main source of income whereas with investing not right at the start 
But over the long term, that'll give you pr- two pretty decent sources of income, one through capital gains and one through dividends. If you can sort of foresee where you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds invested, that'll give you pretty, you know, depends, it always depends on your expenses and other stuff, but that can give you a good sort of standard of life just living off of those sort of two investment income streams that come every year. Um, I think people are nervous because they often hear horror stories Um and then they don't want to get started maybe from a family member. I think it's just like a mental thing where you've got to get over that. And the best way really is just to start small. It's almost like if you know if you never go to the gym before, you're not going to try and start, you know, like going deadlifting like 200 kilos because you're going to just blow your back out and get injured and never do it again. And if a lot of investing, that's what a lot of people do. They'll chuckle their money into one random stock or crypto that they've heard from yeah. their mate lose all their money and then never trust it again. The best way to do really is just to invest a little bit of money and then over, dip, dip your toe in. And then over time, as you get more confident, build it up, build it up. And then until you sort of know what you're doing. The three-step process that I talk about to invest in, essentially, you find an account, preferably a low-fee account. I like Vanguard. You choose, oh, sorry, platform. Choose a low-fee platform. I personally like Vanguard. Choose an account. So that could be a stocks and shares ISA or a pension. I would just say generally, stocks and shares ISA, good way to go. And then step three, choose an actual investment. And I personally use an index fund and we a global index fund specifically. We can get all into that more. And also, I think this is where I can start to lose people because that is simple. But then there is also terms in there that if you've never heard of investing before, you won't know what I'm talking about. Like, what's a stocks and shares ISA mm. index fund? What does that mean? What's a global index fund? How's that different? So there is like a bit of breaking down to do. But I think with that three-step process, it takes 10 minutes to get it started. And when I said I got my dad and my brother started, that's what I explained to them. And then they set up their Vanguard stocks and shares ISAs in front of me a couple of years ago. And I saw them do it and it takes like five to 10 minutes. So I think just getting started, dipping your toe in. And then over time, you can maybe like change and adapt your strategy as you learn more and take more of an interest. Um, yeah, that was sort of quite a lot of random thoughts, yeah. but it's you sort of need to like sit someone down, build confidence in them, I, I just I personally explain that three step process to them, sort of explaining you know, what actually is risky. Look at the graph of an, the S and P five hundred. Look at the graph of the global stock market. It pretty much looks like a straight line when you zoom out. If you zoom in, you know the dot com crash, huge drop. The two thousand eight recession, huge drop. The COVID drop was literally thirty percent almost overnight. Like I remember when that happened, that was mental. People thought the market was going to like go to zero um, a couple of few years ago, but then when you look over the long term, the market consistently goes up. And the way I often describe it to people is the stock market is literally a wealth building like machine. I mean, it's probably, I don't know whether it's that or real estate, but I reckon because it's so accessible through like pensions, through Roth IRAs, it must have made the most millionaires in like human history, just because ev- like pretty much everyone has a pension, yeah. everyone has like a Roth IRA in the US. And, you know, if you put money away through that, you'll be surprised how you have like six or seven figures over, you know, 30, 40, 50 years of work just through the market. Imagine if you actually took a bit of an interest in that and made a few more optimizations, yeah. you could be left with a lot more over the long term. Um, but yeah, I would just say, yeah, that was a lot of random stuff, no. but I hope no, that I, helps I, me. No, I, I resonate with that. The way like, <laughs> The pension one's an interesting one because I that's one that I say to a lot of people, especially online, who say like investing's not for me or whatever. Like, well, do you do you pay into a pension at work? And they're like, uh they either don't know and they do actually pay into a pension, yeah. or they do know yeah. and they don't see it as investing. And you're like, you only don't see it as investing because you've probably not logged on to your platform, Nest or whatever, and chosen the actual funds that you're yeah. investing in. If you physically had to log in, look at it, you would feel like you're Taking, taking part of it, which is the genius of the workplace pension scheme that came in 20, 2012. Mm. Genius, because it's caused millions of people to invest without even thinking about it. So you could just go one step further and either take that money and put it into a SIP, a self-invested personal pension, or create a stocks and shares ISA and choose where you're investing. Because actually yeah. you can grow that money to even bigger. Because like you said, in the background, the people who are on average or yeah, even below average can salaries over their lifetime in a pension can you know could become millionaires or certainly yeah. close especially like the employer match if you're getting if you're con- i mean in the uk i was contributing six percent the employer was matching six percent if you're doing that over you know decades and then your salary is increasing over time and all of this stuff you're gonna you're gonna have six figures minimum yeah. 
Um, if the markets are good to you, you might get even more than that. But then if you're, yeah, I think I agree with you. It's, it's actually surprising. Even people who I've spoke to in like banking and insurance who are working in finance and are just like an expert at the specific field they work in, like derivatives trading, but then they don't know if they have a pension. They don't know what it's yeah. been invested into. They don't know what fees they're paying. So I feel like people... Even like experts who are meant to be good at money also have no idea, which is why it's good that we're obviously talking about this and creating content on it. But yeah, your pension, you've got to get the login details. You've got to speak to the HR person or whoever is your company. You've got to see what you're being invested into. If you can try and reduce the fees in any way, that's what happened with my pension personally. I was automatically enrolled in some sort of lifestyle fund with like cash and bonds, paying like a 0.8% fee. I then reduced that to the lowest global fee fund i could find for 0.1 and just that like little tweak of a low less of like 0.7 percent in fees mm. uh, will save me like thousands yeah. and thousands of pounds over the long term that's of course optimizing but you make a good point like if you have a pension you're already an investor yeah. and even if you don't know because you don't <laughs> check yeah, yeah. your um pension every month when the market's doing really well you probably made loads of money and when it exactly. crashes you probably yeah and when co- when the covid recession came you nobody was going oh, like you know certainly our age i mean i'm 33 were you 25 yeah there's nobody nobody our age it, it, it all close to our ages going oh my god the recession my pension my pension no one's doing that <laughs> nobody's thinking my pension's dropped because they don't care because they don't even have to think about it until they're 55 plus so this is why can't you just take that same mindset and move it to the stocks and shares i said because i before I started reading up about this stuff, I literally didn't even know stocks and shares ISA existed. Yeah, yeah. I just thought no, I mean, ISA was the you, cash ISA. Even when I created, um, um, even like maybe like a year into making money simple, I didn't know what a lifetime ISA was. I was using the help to buy ISA and someone mentioned it to me and I was just like, this is so much. I'm even creating content on money yeah. stuff and I don't know what a lifetime ISA is. Even just today, actually, I was getting some stick on a YouTube video I made um, to be fair, the title was a bit clickbaity, but <laughs> essentially it was just about how, you know, the UK government hates UK investors that are cutting the CGT allowance, cutting the dividends allowance. There's this think tank proposing a 100k ISA cap. Um, and someone commented like, you know, like, why are you making content on this like CGT and dividend allowance cut? It's obvious. And I was just like, I tweeted about it last month and posted on Instagram. Loads of people didn't know. I got loads of messages like, what are you talking about? Even this ISA cap thing, I've got like probably like 10 DMs there on Instagram being like, what is this? Like, so even like simple stuff that we probably hear about and we know about it because we like, you know, read the news or like follow other people who make content on yeah. it or whatever. But you'll be surprised even like simple things like me the last time I saw, you just don't know about it, which is why, yeah, you just got to keep sharing even the simple stuff because yeah. you might help out one person. 100%. And then they just make it so complicated. It almost seems like they do it on purpose. Like they make oh, it yeah. so confusing. And like, and I've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast and I'm, this is not even a dig at Martin Lewis because I think what he does is amazing. But the, because he, everyone goes to him for them generally, especially the older generation, but even still, like I still go and like try and find information from his, from his website and what he talks about. But he doesn't talk about investing. So, so, so for the average person, um, they investing is nothing to do with personal finance. It's what the rich people do. It's the Wolf of Wall Street bankers that that to them is investing because Martin Lewis isn't saying go and open a stocks and shares ISA and start as little as possible, which is what anyone who isn't on telly in the mainstream media is saying, this is what you need to do. But most people are actually following, you know, whatever channel he's on for that 15 minute segment talking about how to save money here and there, which is amazing. And I think it's great, but that's the reason I didn't know about a stocks and shares ISA. Like yeah, I, was, no, I, I agree all the you. content that I watch, especially from him and, and similar things on the news, because they're so filtered. It's, they're so afraid of saying to people invest because there could be backlash. And I do to a certain extent, I understand why they don't do it, but rather than worrying about, you know, where you can get the most interest in a stock in, in a cash ISA, like all from 2% up to 3%, like, that's literally for most people that's going to mean nothing like it's 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 five pounds ten pounds here whereas you can completely change somebody's view and outlook on life and retirement in particular if you're like look you can can take control of this and you can invest this is what investing is capital's at risk you know you can lose money it can go up can go down yeah you can do all those things but why why are we not talking about it in the mainstream yeah there's there's so many disclaimers and as i sort of said earlier on if you look at the the stock market has made more millionaires than any other thing exactly. ever known to like mankind. You look at the uh, the graph, and and that's the thing. I think people though focus on like individual stocks or individual stuff, and your know, companies 
fail all the time, which is why I use index funds. I assume you're probably similar using yeah, yeah. like broad for, for anybody. Funds. I'm sure most of my listeners know what an index fund is, but do you want to yeah. do you want to simplify what that is if somebody doesn't know? Yeah, so all it is is you have individual companies like Tesla, Apple, Microsoft. Some of them are good, but what happens is over time, most companies fail. Like if you look at it, so the S and P five hundred, for example, is the most tracked index, which essentially is in this case is just five hundred, the five hundred largest U.S. companies. So you can invest in, you know. You can put 100% of your money into Apple, maybe split it 50-50 between Apple and Tesla, split it in thirds, add in Microsoft, or you can just use an S&P 500 index fund and that tracks all 500 companies that are in that index. So you might be thinking, well, you know, that's a big bit stupid. Why would I want to invest into 500 companies? Some of them might be bad. I can just only invest into Apple and then all my money will be in that and they're the best company at the moment. But the problem is, it's pretty much impossible to consistently predict the best companies over time. And if you look at the different largest companies of the world, it's very rare companies stay on top for you know decades and decades. And most companies do ultimately fail. Whereas with an index fund, because you're consistently owning all the companies in the index, you sort of grow your wealth slowly over time as essentially the economy and the world gets more innovative, more productive, sells more products, populations expand, all of that stuff. So you're not going to overnight um make you know hundreds of percent like you might do if you put all your money in tesla but then at the same point in time it's very rare you're going to lose all your money as well and you will still like ebb and flow of the market you know if the you know tesla crashes that's probably going to impact the wider market it's Mm going to drag the s&p 500 down but ultimately and if you just google s&p 500 chart right now you'll see over the max of 100 plus years now it's slowly gone up over time as economies and countries have become more innovative um, and yeah, that's essentially the power of using index funds. Not only that, but it makes your approach very simple, very hands-off. You're not got to spend time researching individual companies, keeping up with the latest news. You can literally, almost like your pension, not know it's there. Just set up a stocks and shares ISA, put your money in a global or a US index fund, automatic payment every month, not know it's there. And then you'll literally wake up in you know decades' time and hopefully be a you know have hundreds of thousands of pounds or millions of pounds. <laughs> yeah, you're essentially betting that either the economy or the entire world is going to grow as it always has done. We as human beings need to grow, get better. Like you said, make more money, add more value. So the U S economy by betting on the U S economy, you're not saying, I think that person's going to do well. If the S and P 500 went to zero, you know, a meteor has probably hit the world and we're all going to die. Like that. We'd all be eating rice and beans. And exactly. We've got bigger things to worry about than our investments. A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, I fully agree. And I think f- for the average person, unless you're really into looking at stocks and trying to predict things, which can be quite fun. Like it's not really, it's not even for me really. Like I invest in a couple of single stocks, but it's like 1% of my portfolio. I, I, it's, yeah. fun, it's fun to log in every now and again and see what's happened. And, or maybe I made 20%, but I would, I would be logging in 20 times a day if my entire portfolio was just in single stocks and I'd be reading the news cons and it would consume me. And I just think that's, I've, yeah. I've got, I'd rather spend my time doing other things. Yeah. I follow the natural progression. And this is also what happened with me is you sort of like hear about the stock market that you think is quite cool. You know, you can, Oh, you can make loads of money overnight. And you start looking into it. Maybe start following some people who are, you know, like talking about trading. You then maybe start putting some money into some individual companies. And then it just gets to the point you realize how impossible it is, how much work it is, how, it's pretty much just like impossible to beat the market, which means getting a return better than an index like the S&P 500. So then you just revert to an index fund and happily take the market average over time. Because yeah. the thing is, I mean, there's loads of stats about this and you can just Google this. There'll probably be a new one that comes up every few months, but there's like crazy stats, like 96% of people will underperform the S&P 500, like 90 plus percent of like fund managers, people is their full-time job to pick stocks will underperform mm-hmm. the S&P 500 and getting whilst a lot also of money to do charging so. you mm-hmm. probably 5, 10, 20 times what the ongoing charge on the S&P 500 is. You know, I think on Vanguard, the VUSA is like 0.07%. Yeah. So it's really, really low fee. Fine. If you're paying an active fund manager, you're probably paying like 0.3, 0.51%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you compound that over 30 years, you're literally going to lose like 100K, probably more, if you're yeah. investing a lot of money every month. It's crazy how much it adds up. Um, 
So yeah, yeah, simplifying. That's a, we could talk about this for hours, like yeah, the we could. index funds we versus big. But we could. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, simplify, simplify. I think the whole my approach, like I said, keep it simple. Like, don't let's not focus on the little minute things. If you're interested and you have a propensity to learn about that stuff, crack on. But keep it simple. One last thing I want to ask you before we wrap it up is, how do you stay consistent? over time like how do you stay motivated to be consistent whether and it, it, i think there's an analogy between investing and content creation i think they're both quite similar because in the beginning you're quite oh my god this is really exciting this is all really new you've got the motivation to do it but three years four years five years down the line where you're automating your investments you're not even actively going and pressing a button it's just coming out of your bank it's going straight into your investments you don't have to do anything which is definitely the best way to invest but having that hands-off approach certainly for me, I feel like it just kind of loses the fun of it and it's just happening in the background. How mm. would you, and I can relate that to creating content as well. Like yeah. do, it's quite monotonous doing it day in, day out or week in, week, week out, trying to find something new. And, um, when some views get, you know, some videos get 500 views and then some get a million and you're always chasing that million and then, oh, you don't get it anymore. And then it's, I feel like it's the same with investing. Like you, when you look at one month and you're down 15%, you know, like, oh, I've lost all motivation. And then you don't look at it for a while. Is there anything that you do to try and stay motivated to be consistent? There's a few things I want to see you. Like one thing, when I'm commuting to work and like, oh, well, it's a tram here, but it was a tube in London when it's absolutely packed and I get into work absolutely sweating. I'm like, do I really want to be doing this? I'm 25. I've literally got 40 years of this. Like, do I really want to be doing this for 40 mm. years? Then you get to work and like, I don't really like, I don't, I don't hate work at all. I don't really mind working in the corporate world, but it's like, do I want to spend my whole life doing this? You hear about people, you know, the more you like, even people who are senior than me, I'm like, they've got kids, but then they're like staying late and they're missing stuff. And I'm like, do I really want to be doing this when I'm like in my like forties, fifties, mm -hmm. I'd much rather. So I think that helps to motivate it. And I also think just ultimately like financially free, living life on your terms, doing what you want, that all helps. You know, if you can essentially sort of, and, and there are different levels to it, but I think even when I get to the point where I can draw down on my income and maybe take a lower paid, more chilled job or something more enjoyable nature, that would still be sort of some level of, you know, just freedom. And that then sort of motivates me to keep plowing away and yeah, investing every month. But I think, for, and that was also why I sort of got started in the first place was oh, I've done a year in placement, worked a year uh, in industry, placement year during university. And then that was then the same sort of time that I then like started investing and the next year started making money simple. And I sort of realized I didn't want to, you know, work in a corporate world for, you know, at that point I was 20. So 45 years old, 45 years. Mm. So that got me started. And to be honest, that still keeps me motivated. Just, yeah, not wanting to work for the rest of my whole yeah. life. Yeah. Free freedom. My God. Like I, I've, I've got a little taste. Freedom, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got a little taste of it because I left, I mean, I wasn't in the corporate world. I was in the police up until, a year, well, a year and a half ago when I left. And it was very similar to me. I was kind of like, is this, do I want to be doing this? Because for me, I had to work to 63 to get a, to get a government pension, um, yeah. which isn't as great as people think. Do I want to be doing working night shifts and grinding hard and essentially making myself unhealthy to do this just for, and everyone, everyone joins the public sector. Well, it used to anyway, for the pension, really. You think, yeah, it's a bit of a shit job. Um, it's a great job, but there's a lot of bad parts to it. You get a lot of hate, whether it's teaching, even the NHS get a lot of hate um, in the police. You always think in the back of your mind, it's for that long term. You know, when I when I retire, I'm going to be better off than everyone else. But, you know, the studies have shown, which is the craziest statistic I've ever heard in my life, um, that within seven years of leaving or retiring as a police officer, the chance of you dying is over 80%. So, your, your mortality, oh, basically the majority of police officers die within seven years of retiring. That's mad. Don't even get to enjoy the money. Exactly. So you, so you've, and you know, when I, when I left the job, which was quite a hard thing to do, but when I left the people that had like 10 years left or the only thing that keeping them in that job is like, oh, my, yeah. my retirement, my retirement. You think, mate, if you just, if you, you know, did, did what we've done. Stitched up the most. Exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. 
So you, so like, you know, you think you sat there on a train getting sweaty, getting into work, you know, I don't want to do this. They're like trapped. They're like, yeah, this is horrendous this is horrible, but you know, I have to do this because I'm going to, you think, no, if you walked away, took whatever money you've got or let it kind of go around the background and do your own thing, you could probably build up a pot of money that's way bigger than the pension that you're going to get from the police or yeah. any public sector. Yeah. No, agreed. And I think, yeah, I think, and I think that with investing as well, once you start, it does get quite addicting. And I know, like, you just want to invest more and more. And it obviously, this obviously does help when your portfolio is going up and the market's doing well, like it was in, you know, late 2020 and 2021. But it's like, you know, you start investing. Oh, so then you get like maybe a bonus or a bit of a salary increase. You start investing more. Then more money's going in every month. Then maybe you have to do a little side hustle, get more money, you're putting that. And then all of a sudden, it's like snowballs building. And then all of a sudden, you have like, it's only like a few years ago, I had like £10,000. Now it's like £70,000 just mm. through my own contributions, through some market returns. Like it's all this like snowball effect over time. And then, yeah, I think it does get addicting that point. And that can help you when you're sort of putting in every month, you maybe check it every couple of months. That can help you sort of stay motivated. And when you're thinking about, you know, maybe you don't want to work a job your whole life. Maybe you don't want to be trapped in what you were saying, that sort of job. Maybe you want to have a bit more freedom. Maybe, you know, when you have, you know, like your children you know if i have children in 10 years time you know i don't want to be missing out on stuff because i'm now like some sort of very senior person in the office and i have to stay late often to just do stuff yeah. like yeah i don't know yeah. the rat race it's, it's, it's a tough real. one it's hard to, yeah the rat race that's a good way to, to put it actually yeah yeah awesome right thanks for coming on mate i appreciate you you're all the on the other side of the world in melbourne i'm probably quite late <laughs> for you now um no i really appreciate your time um could you just tell everybody where they can find you on social media yeah it's just making money simple if you type that in well make sure it's my real account actually yeah. it would just be Definitely. making don't, money don't simple. get him banned again for god's sake With no no like dots or underscores or ones or ever just making money simple yeah type that in on pretty much any uh social media and i'll come up awesome Right. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.